becoming indistractable. I'm Julian, your host, and I want to redefine my relationship to technology. I want to become less distracted and more intentional. That's why I started this new series of episodes following the journey of my 30-day experiment, Becoming Indistractable. That means for the next four episodes, Carolina is going to guide the discussion around the intention and later the progress of this experiment with me. If you've ever struggled with mindless technology use, this episode is right for you and possibly the experiment as well. So without further ado, let's jump into the recording with a wonderful intro from her. Recording in progress. I it could be. The Julian Martin experience. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> the last session of the experiment. Where Julian walks us through his journey of abstinence. Of phone use. Well, not really. Just using the phone less. And um, today is day... Not 30, it's 29 if we're being completely honest. But we're almost there. It's, it's late already. <laughs> and um, we're going to assess the journey so far from day one. What are the insights, the, the downfalls, the pitfalls that Julian faced, and the beautiful steps that we have moving forward. So all of that and more will be covered today. So let's get started. All right. Thank you for the amazing intro, as always. And I think today I want to start with how I started four weeks ago-ish and uh, how it has been today or the last week, let's say. So I started out with the belief that when I can finally stop this addiction to my phone, <laughs> I can finally create the life that I dream of, that I want, the best version of myself. And um, yeah, that's the only thing holding me back from that. That was a beautiful belief. Turned out to be half true, I think, about that. But what was true was that I can reduce my screen time by a lot during that time. I think that is the upside that I really experienced in the last few weeks. Let's start with the good things. <laughs> <laughs> so I did change quite drastically from one week to the other, the screen time by a ton from like more than a day per week on uh, like 25 hours a, a, uh, a week on my phone only to I think the last week was about uh, seven or eight hours on all my devices, um, excluding the laptop, so the both phones, basically. Um, because the main reason, I think, and I'm, we'll come back later to, to the details, but the main reason right now was because we traveled and used a lot of Google Maps, and I was reading a bit more and meditating also. That was the, the main sources of my screen time. And um, that, that being all good and fine, um, there are some downsides as well. 
So the downside or the thing that happened, especially this this week and on the last week when we were traveling, I I didn't have my notebook all the time handy because it was deep somewhere down in in my backpack. As a side note, the notebook is where you write down every time you're going to use the reason that you're going to use the phone. Thank you very much. Yes, the intention with why why am I going to use the phone? Why am I going to use the laptop? Anything um, device related. And yeah, I didn't do that for like two days because we were traveling. And so easily, I just went back into not the exact same habit, but if I would like have extended it longer, like three, four days longer, probably would have been almost at the same time as I was before the experiment. Hmm. So <laughs> I guess the lesson from that is, is can easily, very quickly even after f- almost four weeks, can go to shit. <laughs> the Real whole fast. Thing. Real fast. Real fast. It's, it's a habit that I trained so long to finally establish the 25 hours a week on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very easily lost the, the progress that I made in the past weeks. I think that's such a learning, such an important part. Yeah, it's a big eye-opener. I think from learning to use the phone less to actually implementing that without having the experiment there's there's a stretch and it's a bigger stretch than than just like reducing the the time like for four weeks it's it's more <laughs> yeah it was actually i was being fine the whole time we stayed in the same place it was relatively easy and now, while traveling, changing routines, um, that got sort of easily out of the loop. Yeah. And I guess now the the two things, I guess, that I want to take out of it is I need to be like on the tip of my toes to really notice when I'm getting out of it and notice like implementing right away again, writing it down. For me, that was the... I think most significant thing to to change the habit in the first place mm-hmm. to really having to write down every single time before I use something why why I'm going to use it yeah and um, the other part that I really want to mention because I said two parts I forgot <laughs> so <laughs> well I can I can give a bit context of on the traveling part we were living in the mountains of Peru in the Sacred Valley is called. And there, the wind, the wind, the weather is very nice during the day. It's about 20 degrees. And then at night it drops like to four degrees. <laughs> it's super cold. So very dry. Everything gives you electricity. Like uh, your, your hair is always flying. And then we took a plane and we came to the Amazon jungle where it's constantly 30 degrees, 100% humidity. And <laughs> the context is quite different. We were very much in nature, and now we're in a city in the jungle. And um, everything changes when, when you are changing the context that you're living in. And it's very difficult to keep up habits. But I think the idea with the experiment is that it's independent of the location and all the other habits. For example, meditation 
you have been doing that for years, nonstop, and it's a very intrinsic habit like for myself as well. And having a habit so ingrained in you that it doesn't matter where you are, you have to do it, takes a long time. So no surprise that the phone thingy was... That I built up in the last five <laughs> years to really be that strong. <laughs> yes, you built up the habit of using the phone. And then for a month you don't, but that's not enough in order mm. to establish a consistent, continuous habit, independent of location and internal state and all of those beautiful things that affect how we interact with habits. And that was exactly the second part that I wanted to mention, but I obviously just left it intentionally for you. Um, <laughs> no, but um, so the, the point from the beginning is still there that this is one of, I think still, one of the most important things that I need to figure out. A healthy relationship with my devices, electronics, technology. That is still so important because it's going to be the rest of my life, possibly, probably, even more intense because there will be more technology flooding our daily lives. And so not, I guess not only for me, but also for everyone else around me. It's super important to figure out how to create a relationship with this technology that we have no clue of how to deal with. And so exactly rightly, as you said, I need to continue this experiment to really figure things out. Not only for myself, but again, also for, for I feel the need also to figure it out for others. But for myself, for now, I definitely want to extend it and I think for myself, because it was so important to write the intention down, I want to continue writing down why I'm going to use this device or not. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to write down the not, but I'm just going to write down <laughs> why I want to use it. That would be a lot of writing. Um, and what about the checking ins? How would you go about those checking ins? And this is this is live. This is live yeah, stuff. I haven't figured it out. So <laughs> you mean the the check ins of like weekly what we do right now? Yes. Hmm. Because we don't know how long this is gonna go. It can go two months, but it can go six months to a year. Mm -hmm. So maybe the weekly check ins don't have enough insights or enough information in order to keep it relevant. So what what do you think about this? Um, that I think actually it might not be relevant for other people, <laughs> but it's probably very relevant and important for me to keep it up. So I have a weekly reminder of, hey, how's it going? And so really bringing it back into my consciousness and checking in, hey, how's, how is my relationship transforming and changing right now? Mm -hmm. So I think for myself, it's very important. Okay. So I might keep it up to um, have a quick episode about that, either podcast or just a, a short blog post of posting the the new um, statistics of how much I used stuff. That could be it. A blog post would be a good summary because then you can just <laughs> monthly do a podcast maybe, mm. and check the notes of the, pod the blog posts and be like, oh, 
this happened. Yeah, so I'll definitely write it down and see what what came up, what the the change in in the time that I used the devices, mm-hmm. and possibly also just short notes of how how it's going. But the main thing, yeah, I definitely need to keep keep it up. I think weekly to keep it into in my mind. Mm-hmm. So that's another important part to not just write it down because as soon as I again like this week lose track of it. And then three days later is the weekend. I need to reassess how did it go and say, oh, wait, start over again. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if it's just once a month, I think I could lose it for like three weeks. So I think it's very crucial for me to do weekly updates. Okay. And we're learning already very interesting things, that the tracking is important, Mm -hmm. that the intention setting, the writing, and staying consistent for longer than a month. Um, all of those things are already great insights. And what I do think is the longer you stick with it, the more situations happen that can throw you off. Mm-hmm. And then you become a better sailor. <laughs> um, like, the, like the saying of no, no good sailor was made in a calm sea. You don't get to be good at your relationship with technology if everything else around you is perfect and working smoothly and you just have a wonderful experiment and the experiment goes well and then the experiment finishes and (laughs) it's shit again. And um, I think that's that's a principle that operates here is learning how to sail stormy seas. When you are feeling like shit because, I don't know, you're sick or you're traveling or you miss your mom, whatever it is that's going on, how is your relationship with technology then? Yeah, and I think especially now noticing that after a month, it's not over. <laughs> it's got, it's, it needs to be a long-term thing. I'm not figuring this out for having a perfect monthly streak or yeah, one month that's going well so I can sell the later of the course. No, I want to really figure it out for myself truly because it's my life, it's my time that I spend on those things. And I think it's so, so important to really have the ability to focus on things that I want to focus on, bringing the attention to things that I think is important in my life. Mm -hmm. And especially with technology being so good at grabbing your attention, um, it's even more important that I learn the skill of, I guess, sounds sounds quite intense but fighting back or just holding my my attention with myself and not letting it be drawn away i think that's probably the most important thing mm-hmm. um when you want to have a self-directed life <laughs> yeah and how how do you feel about having to continue it's uh, I, I think we, we talked a little bit before it's like a little bit of a damn it, I thought I could solve it just in 30 days and it would be done. Um, but yeah, um, now in the last week, I got a little bit, little bit the stress test. It's like, mm, yeah, you're not done yet. <laughs> so in a way, a bit sad that I couldn't figure it out until now. But also, I guess I see the long-term value to actually extend it and, and continue it and not letting it slip under the carpet. Um, 
and truly, truly figuring it out. Not just now with a phone, but also for the future with other things coming up, emerging, the different lifestyles that I will probably enter different phases of my life. And yeah, really building a almost holistic way of dealing with technology. Um, maybe even like, okay, what what is this technology in our lives in general? Like going a bit more into the philosophy part to really understand it. What's how is this changing us right now as a human being, as a species, as a society? And I think that could be um, now since I have to do it longer, the entry ticket to really researching it deeply and getting to know what technology does with us humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that seems to be a really big topic in your life, that you are very interested in technology. I love it. Yes, you love it. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it just takes you. Like it, it, You lose yourself in it sometimes. Um, <laughs> and um, I think it's very good that you are not fighting the um, love for technology like we're not discussing here if, like if you love technology if you should not stop loving technology but rather choosing how you interact with it and what you do with that love for technology because there is something charming about getting lost in technology and it's like whenever we love something and we want to get lost in it but losing yourself is not helpful it's not helpful for you it's not helpful for the thing so learning how to navigate that love with with a conscious mind with an intentionality it's challenging but I think very rewarding because you can live a life where you are sitting side by side with your passion and engaging with the things that you love while not overly identifying with them or getting lost in them. Because you still remain a human that operates, that has... Not yet own, a cyborg. Not yet a cyborg. That was an interesting conversation we had the other day. <laughs> You still remain a human, so it's it's good to keep that that way. But you're a human that loves technology, so how can you be the human that loves technology and still respects it and treats it with with admiration, but remaining human <laughs> and yeah. not, I guess, using it as a as my drug of choice for any internal difficulties, for difficult emotions. It might be useful at, at times when I really cannot deal with it, but most of the times it's just a, a way to distract from those difficult things. I think that's also still very important to keep that in mind that quite often I fall into the trap of technology, not just because I love it, because it's, it's great, mm -hmm. but also because I want to go away from those difficult emotions. And I really, really noticed that in this experiment too. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it until those difficult emotions came up in, in the last two weeks especially. And 
I noticed how much this drives me to just go on the computer, go on the phone, to just let those emotions just pass. Yeah. And I I didn't want to deal with it. And just technology, just using a, scre- using a screen gives me almost an instant dopamine hit. That's crazy. Like when I see an open screen, you know, when I look at it, it's, it's strange, but it's happening. And what I do think is interesting is that the screen takes the consciousness away from you, so then you just like give in to whatever's happening through the screen. But I'm I'm thinking, for example, other things that one loves and that when you are feeling difficult emotions, if you engage with that, then you actually become freer and you get the emotions moving. For example, if you dance, if you love dancing and you just go to a dance class and you don't, of course not. <laughs> But I do. And the dancing really frees up my body, my mindset, my energy. So it gets things moving. Also, if you are feeling really down or angry and you get a canvas and you start painting, then you can express your emotions and interact with the thing that you love in a way that is helping you process what you're going through. But somehow, with technology, it looks like it's not that effect. It, it's numbing. It's I numbing. It's, it's completely numbing the experience. It brings from this 3D experience of like whatever you can feel and see and hear and notice to a 2D screen and then just completely takes takes out the dimension takes out takes away the emotion and just really numbs whatever it's going on within me. Mhm. I feel it's nice but it's just most of all the time just like dopamine or not. It's like <laughs> good or bad. Yeah. Rather than the, the whole richness of the ex- human experience. And I think that's great to have the richness of, of the experience. And at the same time, sometimes it's just too much. Or it feels too much. And so I think there it's... Still I want to try to find another way that you were describing now to deal with it. Rather than technology because it's just numbing, not helping me to digest it and, and dissolve it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just pushing it into another corner and and putting something on top so it, it I don't know it just goes away, but it's not what, so resolved. What's the difference? I think I could pinpoint, for example, that in one you are in creation mode, and the other one you're in consumption mode. I well, I could also write or something on the on the computer, but it's still something different than writing with a pen on paper still putting it in into 2D and leaving away the haptics, the feelings, this stuff. So I think generally it's it's maybe nice to like finalize things. I think it's great for having like an awesome doing a, a Canva poster or just doing finalizing the idea, mm-hmm. but transmuting the emotion, the raw thing into something else into art, into music, into dancing, whatever, is better in in 3D human experience. Hmm. 
So for me, journaling is a, is a big one, actually. Okay. Um, I was just thinking of all the sci-fi books I ever read and how machines want to have emotions and how... Westworld. Westworld. How machines want to be more like humans in the regard of the feeling area. But they can't. Like, usually they can't. And that's what they strive for. So they, machines can be the best at whatever they do. <laughs> they can be the best at calculating, uh, accounting numbers and Excel rows and stuff. But <laughs> it's hardly possible to learn from emotions or to deal with emotions through something that doesn't necessarily have it unless we program it into and that I don't know if we're there yet <laughs> so that's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it more philosophical rather than mm -hmm. the experiment itself but that we cannot deal with the emotions in the consumption mode and that computers might be fantastic for a million different things, but dealing with emotions is not one of them. That's true. Although when you said earlier, like, oh, that things don't have innately, that technology doesn't have innately emotions, so we cannot use it to process, does like a canvas have emotions? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. Well, I'm taking your. Oh damn it! Okay. Your challenge. <laughs> I think what we said is that you are in creation mode, so the canvas is just there for you to project whatever, and it's just holding space for you. Same as the dance floor, or same as... But let's say there's a, a canvas on the iPad and you can draw on it with uh, an Apple pen or a pencil or whatever. I think that, that could work. Hmm. I think that probably works. There is something about looking at a light that does something with your brain. I don't know what it is, but just like hmm. looking at a screen does something. Also when there's weird light in a room... But there's a difference when you use uh, a Kindle reader, yeah. an e-book reader to do it, yeah. with the, like, the ink technology, I don't know how it's called actually. But that feels almost as real as the book. Yeah, yeah, and I have no problem looking at that screen for long. Like usually with my iPad, I can just look at it for a while, maybe tops an hour. Um, and with a Kindle, I can read for five hours. It's, it's insane. So there is something about the light and what how it messes with your eyes <laughs> and your brain. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'll look, look into that later because that that's really cool. If that's the thing, then you can just get devices with the other screen and like fine. There there are dumb phones that have that screen technology instead of awesome OLED display and other phones. Mhm. Mm Interesting. So like the same screen technology as the Kindle. Oh, 
Okay. Their phones without. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, maybe that allows you to stay more in your body and owning your emotions rather than giving it away or numbing. Which this this is just theories. Yeah. Hypothesis. That I says. might research. Hypothesis. Okay, coming back though to the experiment. Um, I think, although, no, we mostly actually discussed everything I wanted to say. Um, the only thing that I feel like we didn't really get into was that my theory was that as soon as I reduce the tr distraction, I get more into traction which is things that I want to do. Traction are those um, activities that bring me closer to where I want to be, to what I actually want to do, things that I will do intentionally. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> as soon as you reduce distraction, you get more traction. No. But it makes it more likely, I feel. Like, for me, it was easier to then meditate to grab the the journal and write something it feels easier to uh, be present with you when i'm uh not having the phone and also like we had, i think so many times before it was that i was just while we speak just just quickly checking something on the phone and you continue talking and i would just thought yeah i can just i get what you what you're saying and I can multitask. I obviously cannot, like nobody. <laughs> and then I always had to like quickly ask again, what did you say again? And so it definitely helped to stay more present and I definitely want to continue that. Like the, the social part of this thing as well, like being with other people, it's just so rude, in my opinion, to take out the phone, check something, whatever it is, unless it's, like right now decision making on Google Maps where to go be based on the distance. I don't know, something like that. But mm -hmm. anything else is completely secondary. Yeah. So I think that's a great, great improvement when noticing having less distraction. I can focus more on the other person in the room with me or just journaling or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's nice. And it, it feels um, what you were saying about the traction and the distraction that it went from a Disney movie to a Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> just from, just like, oh, after a month, I'll just be good with my phone and just get over all my addictions and problems. And then now it's like, okay. There's a layer within a layer within a layer, and there's not emotion in this computer, and <laughs> I need to deal with emotions in this and in that way. Um, so it uncovered new things. And even though the expectations were not met, like the initial goal or ideal wasn't met, I think personally that it's better this way. Because... If it was that easy, <laughs> everybody could do it by themselves and they wouldn't need any help. And you could have done it a million years ago. 
Turns out it's not that easy because there's more complexity to it than what it seems on the surface level. There's all the emotions that we want to run away from. There's the screen, apparently, what we discovered. <laughs> the screen that just <laughs> draws you in. Like, does something weird with your eyes and your brain. Mm -hmm. And there's probably research on those things, by the way. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> so there's much more to it that can be uncovered. And again, if you want to be the sailor that can sail the stormy sea, then there's there's a lot to figure out still. So I personally, I think it's the best. It's the best uh, outcome, the best discovery that could have been to this. Not that, oh, we made it for a month and everything was perfect and now I can just share this method and everybody will will be able to get off their phone. Which can be done would still. Be great. It would be great. It can be done. Maybe longer, not just one month. But also just finding out that there's a lot more, there's a lot more depth to the topic and you can actually indulge as much as you want in your love for technology. And that would still be helpful and of service for humanity because we are still learning how to navigate, having screens everywhere and machines that do everything for us. So yeah, yeah. it's an important job. Yeah, yesterday in the restaurant where we the the was it the mummy was was playing as a movie on a big screen, <laughs> and we just couldn't get our eyes off it. That was so strange. To be fair, it was a pretty ugly restaurant and. Looking everywhere else was just... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know what I mean. Still, there, there, there is something when something is playing, there's something moving with color. Yeah. You're just drawn in. Yeah, I didn't I even understand it. It was in Spanish. And I still <laughs> watched that. Like, what? Yeah, the dialogues were not necessarily the yeah, most important part of the movie. But, but it's such an important thing. Like I think there have been a lot of studies to, to figure out, oh... As soon as you watch something on the screen, you don't notice that much how much you're eating and how much you're drinking. And you do eat more. You do drink more. So it's good for restaurants to put it there because they usually consume more and want more. Joke's on them because we were eating a flavorless salad. Mm. So that just made it fine. <laughs> and white rice without salt. Yeah, mm. Delicious. Warms but yeah, my heart. It's, it's, I think what well, I, the point I want to make with, with it was that this happened in the past years and we have no clue what it actually does to us to have constant stimulation around us. And um, I, th I think, as you said, might be a very good outcome right now with the experiment that I need to look further into it and figure it out. Yeah, and continue yourself as the guinea pig to find different ways to engage with technology, especially because you have this track record of getting lost in it. <laughs> and you're, you're perfect a perfect, group. perfect subject for it. So just doing that, doing the, the keep, keeping on checking in and doing more podcasts, seeing what you find, researching, like really diving deep because there's so much more to it. And I think it might be related to looking at the fire when we were in tribes. <laughs> Just like, oh, there's there's light, let's 
our, our eyes are drawn to lights, just like moths. Yeah. <laughs> We're no different than moths. You think you're better than an insect, but no. <laughs> Great. Humbling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Like the the experiment was very great. I think I learned a lot already, but also humbling that I couldn't figure it out in thirty days and just solve it. So it's awesome that I continue, and it's awesome that I continue writing it down and sort of really pinpoint the thing that's what's the struggle with it, and. Uh, I am looking forward how it, how it's changing because it keeps me on track to continue researching about it. And I'm really, really curious to talk to other people who, who, who have problems with it, who think they have a problem with it because there are a lot of people who have like 40 hours on their phone per week but don't think it's a problem. So good for them, I guess. Um, but I'm really curious to talk with people who struggle with it or people who know how to change it. I don't know. I, I, I'm just having the idea right now to put it out. If you know somebody that I could talk to, if you know somebody that is either interested in it or knows something about the topic with technology use, I would love to talk to them. Yes, very, very important. And you meaning anybody that's listening? Yeah, obviously. Not me. <laughs> well, you too. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I know this dude that's doing an experiment for 30 days. You should talk to him. <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, I think that could be the final verdict. That I'm, I find it, found it very helpful. Know now that it's not the end. Because <laughs> there's much, much more, much more complexity, much more difficulty with humans and the technology thing that's not that new anymore but still we haven't figured out how to use it and it's changing so quickly so it's really really important that we figure out how to use that properly so i'm curious about it good thank you for your service Ta -da. Ta -da. <laughs> yes that's what one does <gasps> Okay, then... Do you have any final words about your use over the last few weeks? Because you kind of also wanted to put an eye on it. Last time it was with a limit on Instagram. Oh, yeah. It worked. Like, most days, except for the days that I have to post a story. Um, no. Post a, a reel. reel. Because I have this this bet with myself. No, not a bet, but Commitment. Commitment that I need to post a reel every week because that's helpful for my speaking career to constantly practice and get better at it. So anyhow, <laughs> when I'm posting those, I usually go double the time because I need to write the caption and they check like all the comments and who liked it. That usually takes a bit more time. But in general, the 15 minutes work. I've been watching over like not using the phone too much it's fine but my struggle has been with the food as I always said and now eating very healthy foods and trying to go go away from sugar and very nice looking snacks I also don't get to 
<laughs> to indulge and escape my feelings through food. So that's no fun. But I'm also learning how to just feel the emotion and not engage with it. So that that's something I learned. Not not no engage with it, meaning surrender and losing to it. But rather navigate. Like, okay, where is this coming from? What can I do? Maybe it just goes away in 30 seconds. Okay, let's wait it out. So, yep, those are my findings. They were not related particularly to technology, but they are still related to... To the experiment. To the, the internal experiment. Traders. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Then, this is the end of a cycle of every week talking about the experiment. Now, moving forward, it's going to change. Stay tuned. I want to interview more people about this topic. <laughs> Bless you. Not me. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's how it's going to continue afterwards. Okay. More people about this topic, either experiences or knowledge about it, to dive deeper, to learn. Coolio. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for guiding me through this, asking super deep questions, bringing this from a level of superficial analysis of stats towards deeper philosophical, psychological topics. I think it was so valuable that you were the, the partner of this conversation. And I'm really glad that worked out so well with you. Thank oh, you. You're adorable. Okay. But this is a professional setting, so I'm going to keep it professional. Yeah, no problem, bro. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Me, sir. That's been it. Thank you so much for listening. And see you next time. See you around. Bye-bye.